Go For Side Effects is sponsored by Wild Branch Products. Wild Branch is a truly pure cannabis oil. They make CBD containing 0.00% THC and no carrier oils. Use Wild Branch oils and salves to calm, cool, and soothe your body, leaving you pain-free. I can tell you, using this product, I was able to go to Santa's Wonderland with my family. I put on the salve. I used the oils. I was able to walk for hours. I believe in this product 100%. Use promo code GWI podcast for 15% off. Use promo code GWI podcast for 15% off. Click the link below. Thank you. Welcome to Go For Side Effects. I'm your host, Kevin Simon. I have my co-host, John. And today we're talking with Australian Navy man, Sean Simmons. How are you doing, Sean? Not too bad, yourself? No, I'm doing good. Man, it is good to have another Navy guy, even if from a different country. It's nice to have another Navy guy instead of Army and Marines in here. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel for you. Yeah. See if you can plug it in the back of my Hey, Sean, why don't you go ahead and give everybody a description of when you were in and what type of ship you were on and, and what you did in the Navy. Oh, okay, history lessons. Um, I joined the Navy on the 5th of February, 1990 and was deployed to the Gulf um, in November that year, straight out of recruit school. I was on the... Uh, the HMAS Brisbane, which was a guided missile destroyer, an American Charles F. Adams class modified. Uh, and we spent approximately eight months in the Gulf. Wow. Now, what exactly did you do on your ship? Uh, I was a quartermaster gunner. So everything from nine mil pistols to five inch naval artillery, we pulled it apart, maintained it, operated it, all that good stuff. Oh, that's pretty badass. So wait a second. You guys may be shot at something. That's something, uh, you know, uh, Kevin, I, I know I know. we don't want to get in how you joined the Navy and wanted to stay away from all that gun stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, you know, that's one of the reasons I didn't be a Marine or Army guys because I didn't want to get shot at. <laughs> Heaven forbid in the military, get shot at. Yeah, what that's... the bloody hell? <laughs> all right sean let's get into you know how, how long were you over there for in desert storm um well we were the australian navy sent three ships initially to help with boarding exercises and uh taking over merchant ships and stuff like that and then we relieved them uh, about four weeks before the shit hit the fan um, and we were mainly on carrier battle group duty, playing guard or point defense, that sort of thing. Now, when y'all did underway re replenishments, did y'all happen to do that with the United States Navy or did y'all have your own? Where we sent cargo over. Well, I wonder if we lost oh, him. Might have lost him. 
technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Hey, man, whatever. It, are it, there? it happens. Yeah. Hello, can you hear me? I can, yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, I seem to have dropped out there for a second. It's okay. Did y'all do underway replenishments while y'all are out there? Oh, yeah, just a tad. Just a few. Did you do them with the United States Navy? Yes, we sure did. Yeah. Uh, we also had one of our own tankers over there as well. But, yes, lots and lots of replenishments at sea. Yeah, I was on the USS San Jose Auxiliary Free Store Ship. Uh, so I probably unwrapped y'all while y'all were out there. And so more than likely, yes, we were with um, uh, we swung in between two carrier battle groups, the Ranger and the Midway. Yeah, yeah, and we were Have mainly ever, with the Ranger. Oh, more than likely, raised at some point. Yes. So let's get into like, I, like, do you keep in touch with a lot of your shipmates and people who were over there during Desert Storm? I have some contact with some of them, uh, mainly via Facebook. Uh, but I, I didn't keep up with them for years. Uh, we're not a very nostalgic mob in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so what did y'all, uh, like, are y'all exhibiting problems like we are here, neuropathy, uh, digestive <clears throat> system problems, and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh... As you know, Gulf War syndrome has a lot of different uh, symptoms and everyone's different. Um, some of the guys have anything from uh, cancers to blood disorders, um, brain problems. Uh, for my own case, I have, uh, um, I'm not sure what you call it, uh, probably a central nervous disorder of some sort. Where we're all completely undiagnosed over here because our government refuses to acknowledge it exists. So, so you guys, got... sorry, you guys ahead. have the same problem as we do then getting them to acknowledge the fact what we were exposed to. Oh yes. Yeah. It's all on their heads. It's PTSD. So what were, what were some of the first things, uh, were you still, uh, in theater, Sean, when you started noticing, maybe things weren't right or at what point did you notice things weren't something was going on? It was probably a couple of months after we got home actually. Uh, and it wasn't anything drastic for, uh, for me personally. It was really subtle. Um, I started gaining weight huh. um, despite how much I worked out. Um, I had like a, you know, a hot sweaty day, you get itch in the small of your back. You just can't quite reach and it drives you nuts. Oh, I was yeah. getting that feeling everywhere over my entire body. And I've had that ever since. So if I, if I don't watch myself, I scratch myself bloody. Really? Completely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's maddening. I've more or less trained myself to ignore it. Uh, but when I'm sleeping, I can scratch the hell out of myself. Well, that's a, that's a, that's the major one for me. It's, it's a minor thing, but it, it drives you nuts. Well, the biggest, no, I, I think one of the biggest things, sorry, John, one of the biggest things that I'm curious about, do y'all have a VA like the United States does? Uh, we do have a Department of Veterans Affairs, yes. Uh, their main concern is denying claims rather than approving them. <laughs> Sounds hmm. like ours. Hmm. 
So, you know, I was I was kind of anxious to talk with you, Sean. That was going to be one of my first questions. Like like Kevin just mentioned, if well, if your system was something similar to ours, so I'm I, um, and of course they deny everything. It sounds like like ours. Um, that you, I think it's kind of interesting. You said itching. Now, Kevin, you may probably have talked to somebody uh, that's had that. I personally haven't experienced that, but prickly heat, you know, prickly heat. I had that when I was in basic training because of the extreme heat. And that does, Sean, that definitely drag. I don't know how you learn to live with something like that, but I guess it's, um, it's amazing what you can become used to. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess, you know, my abdominal pain and whatnot, um, gets more intense on some days and others, depending, I, w- I was going to say, depend on what I eat, but that's not a fair statement. It just kind of happens. Um, but yeah, so, so did you, when you, when you realized that you had this issue, um, did you have the wherewithal at that given point in your young life that, um, Hey, there's something going on here and went straight to the VA or how did you work through that? Yeah, no. Um, well, when I, when I deployed to the Gulf, I was 17 and a half. Oh, wow. And I was only 18, of course, when we got home again and the gaining weight issue, I just thought, oh, too much pizza, too much piss, not enough workout, you know, work harder, son. Um, I left the Navy mid-95, uh, and I, I just made a point of taking very strenuous jobs, as physical as possible. Uh, but it became apparent after about 10 years that I was still slowly gaining weight, that something was going on. So I went huh. to a doctor's and you know, your local GP, your specialists, and I got bounced around back and forward, confused looks on people's faces. Um, it wasn't related to service. No doctor could, could pick up their book and go, ah, you have this. So no one knew what was going on. So uh, the, the best I got told was it was all in my head. Now, see, yeah. you, I, I find that interesting because you, earlier you were talking about that you have sensory poly that's what I have. I have sensory poly neuropathy and there's all types of sensory poly there. I, I know there's fibromyalgia, but do they test y'all for go for illnesses? No, it's not a recognized syndrome. So I said, you can't go to a doctor with a specific set of symptoms and then go, ah, go for syndrome. You come under this because it's not in the book. Wow. So they may, they may recognize individual symptoms, but they won't connect them with the Gulf war. Any mention now, of Gulf Ke- War and its PTSD. Now, Kevin, I guess maybe I'm, I, I know we've, I, I have this, you know, we all struggle with, at least most of us, I think, struggle with the memory issue. Now, the Gulf War illness, I mean, us U.S. veterans, I mean, they know about it, but they don't, do they specifically say Gulf War related or do most people is just, um, what's the term? um service connected um well see the the way it works with us in the united states sean is we literally you fill out a a burn pit for the burn pits then you also fill one out for the gulf war and then what they do is they bring you in like they brought me in in 1995 and they did an exam on me and so what they ended up doing was is you go up and it's like one of their top doctors and they sit down and they ask you a bunch of questions. Where were you at in, in the theater? And then they started saying, okay, well, 
How much smoke did you see? How much, you know, burn pits were you around? You know, when you're at these ports, were there any, you know, smog? And I'm like, well, shit, I only thing I can remember is the freaking oil well fires. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they want you to remember the stupidest details like anyone could. You know? Right. And, and see, and this is where I think all of our governments are wrong, is they know it was there. They, they have it documented. I mean, how the Australian or even Europe, France, or any of them who were over Belgium, why can't they go off to the United States? Makes no damn sense to me whatsoever. Because, it's quite deliberate. They, right. don't want, they don't want to acknowledge it happened because then they might have to pay out some money, and they'd rather die than do that. Ah. In fact, what they want to do is, in the track record of the Australian uh, Veterans Affairs, is they quite literally want you to die. Oh, yeah. We had a, a situation back in the 60s where uh, one of our destroyers got rammed and sunk by one of our aircraft carriers and a whole bunch of guys died. Uh, and the survivors claimed compensation and all the rest of the stuff you can imagine. They literally stonewalled them for 30 years until 98% of them were dead. And then they gave the couple that were left a few thousand dollars. That's how our DVA functions. Sounds like Vietnam. It's cheaper to pay for a headstone than for than for medical treatment. Oh, that's a that's an really uh, uh, you know what I haven't heard it phrased like that, but that's sadly true. I think um, hadn't heard it phrased like that, but Sean, I got to agree with you. I think that's a fair statement. Well, the our, the Australian DVA has a track record of this going back to World War One. How they treat vets here is just absolutely freaking disgusting, and it's it's more impressive to me, to the guys I served with, that we all knew this before we joined and they all volunteered anyway. Well, see, and, and that, now, that always gets me, you know? And, and, and with us here, I mean, this is like, I, I had a guy from France send me a, a message and he was saying, I, I don't know how you don't have a black suburban following you with a sniper rifle out of it. <laughs> because I mean, I, 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 this is the only way it gets discussed. I mean, people don't realize this wasn't just the United States. This was, it was pretty much a NATO mission. I mean, even the Russian ships were out there. And anybody tells me they weren't, I'll tell them they're full of shit because I saw They sure them. were. Yeah. Damn straight. And I, I, I know Russia, not a part of NATO, but they were out there. They, they, they were right alongside of us. And I, I'd be curious to see what their, them go for vets we're dealing with and how they're treated. But it sounds like that European countries, Australia, Europe, and all of them, they don't recognize, it's like the United States recognizes it at least more than what y'all's do. Does it, does it matter, Sean? Does it, does it vary around the country or is it everybody that gets traded the same? Cause here in the United States, you know, it's been discussed on the show before, depending on which VA you utilize is as sadly depends a lot on how you're treated or how you're, you know, how they move forward mm -hmm. with you. And of course, obviously depends on your own self uh, advocation. If you advocate harder and you, you push harder, you're going to get results may not always be the results you want, but so does it vary around your country or is it pretty much steadfast same across the board? Yeah, Australia has a, a single system, a federal de Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, we don't have VA hospitals or anything like that. 
Oh. Just, have, just have the Department of Veterans Affairs and you've got to go through them for everything. You can get an advocate through our Return Services League, uh, which is a bit, a bit like your, uh, is it the Legion of Honor or whatever you, you call it? American Legion. Veterans Group. Yeah. American, American Legion. Legion. Yeah. yeah. So the RSL is, is our version of that. And they provide advocates, people who know all the intricacies of the red tape and all the government bullshit to help you get a claim through the DBA. Yeah, but um, how does your rating my... system work? Rating system? Yeah, like like ours is 10%, 20%, 30 40 50 60 all the way up to 100 Well, Oh, at, yeah, okay. At, at you that depends your... on your uh, level of incapacitation. Okay. So if you're blind, deaf, missing both arms and legs, and have uh, a mortal condition, which you're going to die in a few years, you'd be rated 100%. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be approved. You have to prove that happened due to service. Wow! So, uh, some guy's got a bad back. Prove that happened in service. Where you know, is it noted in your medical records from the time? If your medical records don't mysteriously disappear like mine did and thousands of other guys did, you know, there was a misfiling and all the records disappeared. Huh? So I, I'm kind of curious, Sean. So I know I asked you earlier about when you started. Um, kind of discovering things weren't maybe quite right with yourself was there in this curiosity as a lot of my questions are what um as you're on, on board ship because i'm an army guy i i i, I can honestly i don't think i this may be a sad statement i don't think i've ever seen uh, uh a ship a navy ship in person I, i'm about as middle of the United States as you can get here in Iowa. So <laughs> I know Kevin's probably laughing. You oh, know, I am. I'm laughing here. <laughs> but I mean, did your other did your other uh, uh, fellow men and women on on board? Did, did have you ever discussed? Man, I remember when this happened, and maybe I st now you started feeling something different. Now you had explained that it was a, a ways uh, later in life, that, or well, what did you say? A couple of weeks or months later, that you were starting to feel something different. Is is that is that a fair statement across the board with people on your ship? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Time? Yeah, yeah it's, pre it's pretty much that. Um, okay. It varies from person to person, of course, but and I don't have a perfect recollection, as you can imagine. <laughs> I would say I started noticing something was going on about three months after we got back. Uh, and then as time progressed, things just steadily got worse and new things popped up um, to, to the point where I'm, I'm pretty much buggered now. I, I have to, I've had to stop working. I'm pretty much medically retired. Um, uh, I'm on government benefits because I'm a full-time carer for my wife who has other issues herself. Wow. Um, so I'm at the point now where I can't stand up for more than about half an hour or I fall over. I can't walk more than about a hundred meters or again, I get leg cramps and I fall over. Uh, I'm physically wrecked. Uh, and there's nothing in my history that would explain me being so physically wrecked. It's just huh. gotten slower, uh, slowly gotten worse and worse over time. And now I have, I don't want to go into sympathy stuff, but I now have a, a, a large host of medical issues, which all come from nowhere. And a lot of them are the same as the other guys have, you know, fibromyalgia, uh, memory issues, physical issues. It's all the same sort of stuff. 
Yeah, so see, I know yeah. you know where it comes from, but try convincing a doctor of that. They just don't understand. Right. Right. And and that's what it seems like with the most of us. By the way, I'm having camera problems over here, but is the guys that it doesn't matter where you work because I talked to a guy that was in Europe and man, I mean, he has it worse than even in Australia. I mean, that guy was literally saying that there were like they rated at like five and a half percent, seven and a quarter percent. And it could be some major stuff. Really? That low? Yes. I had I I had I didn't know that until just that. that's 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 beyond ridiculous. I I had I had not heard that. Huh. So how do y'all get y'all's information, Sean? Y'all y'all get it from Americans like us that are either podcasting or putting it out on Facebook and stuff. How do y'all get yes. your information? Yes, for the most part, most of the information we get is from the states, from guys like you. Uh, there's some coming out of the UK. I'm not aware of any from any other country, but that's probably just because I haven't found it. I'm not a, a tech head. I don't know how to search for stuff. Um, in Australia, there was a bit of a movement about a decade ago, uh, a couple of the guys trying to fight the DVA. Uh, and then it all went quiet and we never heard from them again. Even their online presence disappeared. So either they just got sick and tired of smashing their head against the cement wall and just stopped or they were shut down. Uh, but either way, there's very little information about Gulf War syndrome in Australia. In fact, the war itself is pretty much forgotten. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's the, I, I'm telling you, the Gulf War is the forgotten war. And that's, that's the one thing I've been telling everybody. Even though it was a short war, it, it, I mean, really, truly, it may have been a short war, but we were out there a long time. She has spent yeah. almost all four years out there. Wow, that's a long deployment. Yeah, I mean, I would be out there for, uh, you know, nine months. We got extended. We went back in, went back out there again, and then we had to go over to the Philippines, and we got shipped off the, to, oh, by the way, I've been to Australia, by the way, and, and but we're going to talk after a while. But, <laughs> <laughs> but... It, what amazes me is the first group of guys that went out there, when they went back the second time, we were like, oh, shit. The new guys were like, oh, I'm excited about this. I'm like, what are you excited about? And it was more hazier than it was the first time I was out there. And wasn't that true? You remember that when you first got there, the, the beautiful sunsets and clear skies, and it was, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And then by the time you left, it was like living in a quarry. So this must be a this must be a navy thing about gl glorious sunsets and all the because when you're on the freaking ground, I didn't see shit that was glorious. It was a whole lot of sand. <laughs> see, that's why you should sign up for the gray funnel line. The what? Oh, the what? The gray funnel line. Perfect cruises, see the world, glorious sunsets. Oh yeah, the the navy style, man. I and and the Milky Way. You would not believe. Ah. Being Damn out at straight. sea, looking up and seeing the Milky Way with all the stars and about 2 million satellites, it looks like that's up there. But it, it was gorgeous. Isn't it mind-blowing? It, it is mind-blowing. And then you get to the well, Gulf and you can't see any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a big haze, right? It's like living in a, living in a permanent friggin' dust storm. That's right. Right. Now, now when you're going to talk a dust storm, I know when 
we kind of had, you know, in military, I don't know, maybe it goes depending on whether you're army Marines or whatever, we, you know, when you buddy up with somebody and, you know, you kind of guys, you know, maybe go out on a mission together. It's your battle buddy. If you're, you know, just two of you or whatever, but you talk about a freaking dust storm. Every time we decide to do laundry, I guarantee you <laughs> there would be, here comes a freaking sandstorm. I'm like, don't, what? Stop. You're, no, because we'd have our, you know, we, you know, of course we're engineers. So we, we had a lot of heavy junk and we'd have a tent put up and we'd have, you could just see that damn thing. It was almost simultaneous. As soon as he decided to go out and do the freaking laundry here, you can just see that shit rolling across. And there wasn't a damn thing pretty about it, FYI. There was nothing pretty about it because sand just gets everywhere. I don't know if the, if you guys out, you know, floating on the water really, you know, had that same sort of issue with the sand. I would imagine you did. Fill me in. Certainly did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spent well, more than one spent more than one off watch washing the bloody uppers down to get the sand off the deck. And, and now this is, I'm going to ask Sean this. On your ship, the Australian uh, ship, did y'all have chemical detectors along? Yes, sir. We sure did. How many times did yours go off? Uh, at least half a dozen. <laughs> it's amazing. All of which apparently were false alarms. They even said of one. Of course. Even said yeah. one time that it was set off by the gunnery officer's cologne. Accidentally set it off. Shut the front door. Feed of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was smoking something that night. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were smoking something good. <laughs> but, but yes, I mean, we had the whole, because they were all worried about chemical weapons and sarin and all the rest of the shit. So we had the chemical detectors and the NBCD suits and the, um, I forget the exact moment, the, the shower spray that covers the whole ship in water. Yeah. Uh, we were popping naps tablets eight times a day, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So we, we were going through all the same stuff that you were. See, when, when he's talking huh. about them tablets, them are the same things we popped, they call them P-tabs. Okay. Yeah, that's called NAPS, N-A-P-S. But we found out later they were just repackaged in Australia, but they were exactly the same stuff you guys were taking. Right, right. And if you ever go back and read them, it causes neuropathy. Yes, one of the really? side effects. Huh. Uh, did you so, also go through the uh, the injections? Oh, yeah. yeah we, we had the factory injections, 56 injections in three days. Jesus, keep rhyming that late. Yeah, I couldn't. We, most of us couldn't lift their arms for about a week. Ours were bad, but I can't say it was that. I mean, 56. Holy Christ. Now, earlier when we were talking before we came on the air, I, I want you, because I know there's a couple of Navy guys probably going to be listening to this. And, and <laughs> I was asking if y'all had a bar, which you told me no. But tell them how many beers that y'all were able to get. And let's kind of talk about that compared to U.S. <laughs> Navy. I still pay. Uh, well, this the standard for a peacetime Navy, and I have to say this has changed nowadays with the woke Navy. You're not allowed to drink anymore. But back in the day, and I'll just put on my anti-flash hood and tell them war stories. Uh, it was two cans per man per night, perhaps. So if it was approved by the skipper, the beer beer ration was issued about 1800 around dinner time and you got your two cans if someone had a birthday most guys in the mess would give up their ration and he'd get absolutely smashed that night wow but uh when we hit the gulf wartime sailing uh beer rations were cut while at sea uh, and you could only drink in port 
which was, you know, we sort of understood that. Still didn't do well for morale. Uh, and the biggest stretch we did was we did 76 days straight without hitting port. So we were a little bit thirsty at the end of that. Uh, and we had to be <laughs> resupplied by air, by um, sea knights from uh, one of your uh, larger supply ships. We did the entire restock of the ship by air, 70-odd uh, pallets of, of stores. Um, we did that in an hour and a half. And I remember our buffer, who's the, the senior non-commissioned sailor on the ship, uh, gray beard, bad attitude, you know the type. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He specifically requested a pallet of beer. Uh, and he got his beer because we heard it from the other end of the ship. This almighty cry of fucking root beer. <laughs> Uh, and so the American Admiral on the Ranger was informed that we had a slight morale crisis on board. Uh, our last meal before this was a can of Coke and a Mars bar. That's all the ship had left. Uh, so they sent us a, a morale package, which we were, we, we had to laugh. It was the most American Navy morale package you've ever heard of. It was an ice cream machine and a Padre. Oh, Jesus. Are you serious? <laughs> I shit you not. <laughs> You know, uh, and it's funny because everybody's like, you know, you Navy guys eat so good. Well, there were days we didn't eat so good, especially if your ship would, you know, break down. <laughs> and then you were kind of happy half and half because you got to eat cold cuts. And yeah. So you were kind of like, all right, change something up besides rice. I <laughs> hate freaking rice. Now, are you bitching about a hot meal and you're talking about cold cuts? Do you know what this, you ever heard? Of an MRE meals rejected by Ethiopians. <laughs> <laughs> they are worse than Australian Army ration packs, and that's fucking saying something. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, we oh had we had some Australian MREs on board that were Vietnam War vintage. Oh, so did oh, we. So and did you we. could still eat the bastards. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Bunghole cheese. It's the best stuff in the world, mate. Man, we, what did you just call it? Bunghole cheese. It comes in a can. You, you could make tennis balls out of it if you wanted to. But you eat that, you ain't, you ain't hitting the heads for about three days. <laughs> and there's always one lucky stripe, cigarette, and a piece of bubble gum, and a little thing of Tabasco sauce. I like Tabasco it. sauce, yes, but we never got cigarettes. Oh, really? They weren't, they weren't in our ration packs. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Cigarettes from what? Well, this is from the Vietnam era. Oh, I was going to say, I never saw, I don't smoke, but I never saw no damn cigarette. Yeah. I would have probably smoked about anything if you'd have handed it to me. But <laughs> They were a thing. They were a thing. Uh, Australian rations, they always came separately. You'd get a tin of cigarettes. So like a big huh. biscuit tin full of cigarettes, or you'd share that between three or four blokes. And that was your weekly ration. But of course, by the time we got the Vietnam War rations, the cigarettes were long gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Huh. Now, on board your ship, did y'all have like a ship store? Sure, sure did, yes. Okay, so you could buy your cigarettes and stuff on we, there. We got, we got our cigarettes duty-free, so we were paying at the time $2 for a pack of cigarettes. How much? Uh, just a, $2 Australian for a 30-pack of cigarettes Okay. Oh, at the time. Sure duty-free. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. the same pack of cigarettes to buy from a store in Australia now will cost you $54. Jesus, criminally. Because it's bad to smoke, guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's bad to do a lot of things. <laughs> here we are sitting here full of injections and toxins and whatnot going, yeah, smoking's real bad. 
<laughs> you, you, you know what I find funny though is like when we would be out to sea and you would always get the new guys that would come on board and you always knew they were new because they started turning this pale green. I was going to say because they were puking. <laughs> oh yeah, man. You're just yes. like, that guy's going to be chumming the waters real soon. <laughs> I have to admit uh, the Brisbane was my very first posting straight out of recruit school. Uh, and straight to the golf. I was majorly excited. You know, back home in time for tea and medals and all that shit, you know. Uh, but the first week at sea, I was, I thought I was going to die. I couldn't eat. I was on the, literally laid on the bottom of a shower cubicle for three days, just retching my guts out. Really? Uh, and then after a week, it went away and I never got seasick ever again. So, yeah. Thrown I, in the deep end. I never got seasick. The only time I ever got sick we were out at a club and we were drinking. And well, that's we get, a separate issue. Well, we got called. <laughs> we, we were told don't drink Guam dry because I was stationed on Guam. So they would bring us back. They brought us back and a whole bunch of boats and mates drunk, ten, pulling in more lines were really funny. And so I stood first watch and I was, I was drunk. I was supposed to made a watch. Boy, that trash can was next to me when we hit that breakwater. <laughs> Ooh, man, we were going through 40 foot swells. I was like, oh, oh. Lordy, no. Yeah. I now, think we, I can't we, we will be there at some point. A canoe without puking. So, <laughs> a canoe. <laughs> Just saying. I, I, I hate that the, Australian government is not taking care of y'all. I, I do. I, I hate it. Uh, not as much as we do, but yes, I well, get you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that. We're, but... we're sort of used to it, but see, it, it, it's funny for, for very many years afterwards, even when I knew something was going on, I wasn't really looking to get a payout or compensation or anything because I had the attitude that, you know, I volunteered. So whatever happened to me didn't matter because I'd volunteered for it. And a lot of the guys had that exact same attitude. I mean, it sounds all patriotic, hug the flag bullshit, but it's not. It's just, it's part of the Australian psyche. You don't complain about shit. You just deal and move on. Well, yeah. So I think that's had a large part to play in why the movement in Australia isn't as big as it is in the States, is that we're very reluctant to put our hand up and go, uh, I'm in trouble, I need help, because that's not a manly thing to do. No. I, you know, I get that sentiment. I mean, I don't think the majority of us that have suffered due to our service connection, we, we will bitch to one another or complain to one another. But as anybody listening who has experienced the Gulf War illness, you get a little bit uh, frustrated or, you know, whatever terminology you want to put it as trying to explain to people what's wrong with you. Cause they can, you know, a lot of people can see it on your face or see it in your body movement, know something ain't right. And they ask you and you just kind of blow it off because exactly. it's like, you don't, you don't, I mean, you don't, it, it was our choice. We volunteered to go in. I That's mean, right. yeah, I'm sure there was, you know, we weren't in a state of draft. Um, and so you do get tired. I mean, we will bitch amongst one another and, uh, about our own issues, but typically, I don't know, as a fair Kevin, we don't really, you're not going to go out and just bitch because you're, you're, you're feel sorry for yourself. We don't, I don't think we do that. No, I, I, I don't. I, I bitch at the fact that 
They just don't take care of the vets. That, that That's my biggest thing. I mean, it really, truly, uh, I mean, the way Vietnam was treated uh, and the way they're still being treated is is just unbelievable to me. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand it, but it's I think... It's disgusting, we, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is disgusting. And I know that's how we're going to be treated when we get into our 70s. And so it's like, okay, we can either lay back and, and wait like they did, or we can learn from them and stand up for our rights and stand up for what what's the right thing to do here. And then for kids, I mean, hell, if I had a kid coming in these days, I'd tell them going, you know, in the Air Force Coast Guard. I, I wouldn't tell them, you know, these days, especially with everything going on in the world with Ukraine and everything, they talk them now, they're talking about bio labs and all this bull crap. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do. I tell them, I'm like, I don't know if it would be worth telling one of your friend's kids or your own kid, hey, why don't you go in, serve your country? Because, you know, it's not what you can do for your country, but it's what your country can do for you. That's a lie. That's a damn lie. It but, is nowadays, yes. Right. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't, I, if, if I, I was asked not that long ago, would I, if I had to do it all over again, would, would I do it? Yes, I would. But here's, yep. here's what I would do different, though. I would, I would damn near, I would start this podcast the first day podcast could have came out. Well, I, you know, I have to, you had mentioned, Kevin, what's going on in the world right now. And I don't think anybody with the television or anybody that can turn on a radio, you can't ignore what's going on over there right now. And you hear, you know, the big, well, when I say big trigger words are for those of us who've served in the Gulf or been around, you know, had these chemical exposures, those of us who know, I think, hopefully, aside from this being towards those of us who have served in, you know, in that time frame and exposed to these things, the young men and women over there right now, if that bonehead over there decides to use gas, you know, God forbid, but if he does, you know, the people who survive, if they're, if, if somebody who watches this podcast or knows, here's the information, they're like, well, I'm getting headaches all the time, or I'm doing that. And this uh, happened. You can, can you make me a coffee? You know, don't, don't drag your feet because I mean, I don't know what our country's red line is at this point, but if that, if that, if that uh, lunatic decides to use gas, um, game over. Um, that's, you know, and I don't, you know, I contemplated whether to bring this up or not, but I mean, Kevin, I mean, you, 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 you touch base with it, you know, about what's going on in the world. You can't ignore it. You know, no, you can't. that's I what mean, affects us. I don't know what our military is having our, I mean, we're not engaged at this point. Um, boots on the ground, so to speak. Yeah, but I will guarantee um, you the United States Navy's out there. You got Australian Navy, Europe. You, you got all NATO forces around, it, it, uh, around there. And so uh, you just don't know what people are going to do these days. These world leaders, and that's one thing that pisses me off. And, 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 and uh, Sean, agree with me on this or, or, or tell me if I'm wrong. Why in the hell is it that the civilians get hurt, but the leaders don't. That pisses me off. Yep. Mate, I, that's a story as old as time, isn't it? It is. Politicians start the wars, but it's fought by the poor. Yes. And you can go back to the 
You can go back to Rome and read treaties written by Roman historians complaining about the exact same shit. Right. And then when they come back home, the politicians that we fight the wars for treat us like, oh, no, that wasn't out there. But even though in 1995 they they had it written down, yeah, yeah, we've been following 670,000 Gulf War vets from the United States that are going to either have neurological problems or Parkinson's. And it's on their freaking website, yeah. on, on, on our VA's website. That, that's the part that gets me, that gets my goat right there is, okay, you know we have these problems, but is it what the Gulf caused? Well, sure, when the hell wasn't my dad beat my ass when I was 12 years old? <laughs> it's exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, well, in Australia, they basically said it's a war. Bad things happen in a war, just in case you didn't know. If it's a really big war, someone might even die. So anyone coming back is going to have PTSD. Any issues must be PTSD related, and you can get free counseling. There you go. Wash your hands. All done. Yeah, and those and those millions and billions with a B that are being tossed around like, you know, there's this, it's just a printing press that never stops, which is essentially what it is. You know, when it comes time for those those men and women who need help that have served in the armed forces, um, you know, good luck. Um, yep. I hope you're luck. trusting I hope you're trusting God because he's the only one who's looking out for you. Yeah. Right, right. And I mean so with it, well, I tell somebody to go in now. I tell them, look, if y'all want to go in, you want to serve your country, y'all want to do this, y'all want to do that, keep every documentation of everything, where That's you've right. been, what yeah. you've done, and anytime you went to medical, make a copy of it. Yeah, 100%. That's perfect information, Kevin. That's absolutely right. Even the young, couple young men that I've... Uh, who I, who I know who've recently gone into the military, I, I told them both, I said, just what you're saying, Kev, keep every document, you know, if they need the original for a copy or whatever, that do not, do not give that up. They're going to say, well, we have to have it. Get it back, get something back. If you don't, and if, especially if it's any pertinent medical information, you're screwed. You are just screwed. Right. You know, and, and you got- I mean, like Sean is sitting there when he was saying that he had century polys, the stuff going on with you, but they trace it back to PTSD. It's like that has nothing to do with PTSD. That That's your nervous system. You, you know, yeah, that's the thing that 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 gets me is we, we all Hello. fought. You, I'm, you there, Sean? Yeah, sorry. I lost your comms for a second there. Oh, oh no, no. What I was saying was, it, with you having the poly, uh, polycentry problems going on, and then they relate it to PTSD. Oh, that has not, that's neurological. <laughs> yeah. But and, no, it's just PTSD. It's all in my head. Right. But if you yeah. go back and you look at anybody who has century poly, any, anything wrong with them with century poly, most of it is either immune deficiency or chemicals or uh, or lack of some uh, or lack of uh like b12 and and that's the thing that gets me it's like I, I, how can y'all relate that to ptsd exactly it makes no sense um but just for laughs i went after hearing that for like the 15th time over 10 years i went right fuck is 
<coughs> I'm putting a claim for PTSD. Denied. <laughs> I don't have PTSD. I said, but, 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 but this, that, oh no, that's a separate thing. <laughs> it makes no sense, no logic. And you, you very soon get the idea that they're just, they're giving you the runarounds. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think for the, the men and women that, that listen to this, you know, Sean, like you were saying, you know, your, your occurrences were much like my, mine as in a slow burn. I, I phrased it before because it just, for, and, and, and like you explained Sean earlier and, and Kevin, it, it's all, it affects us all differently because we're all, all different men or women. Um, and if, and, and hopefully somebody out there, will hear this or is listening and say, well, this is going on. Maybe I can put two and two together. Um, if you're, if you're in a Gulf war or God forbid, they decide to use uh, chemicals in the current uh, war that's at hand. Um, know that you, you know, understand that it's not just you. It's not just in your head. It's, it's inside your body and you have no control over it. Oh yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly and, right. You, there's no way you're alone. Everyone who went there has got something wrong. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. I mean, that Sean, you said it right there, man. I haven't met one person that went to the Gulf that doesn't have some kind of issue that we all have together. That's yeah, one thing and, I find very fascinating. That's not coincidence. That's, you know, it's not sure luck or coincidence. It's fact. That's right. Yep. And it's not till you get together with uh, guys you serve with or other people like you, you gentlemen who were there that you realize that you're not alone. It's not just you. You're not some freak. Everyone's hurting. And it doesn't, it all traces back to the one thing. And no amount of bullshit excuses from government is going to convince me anymore that it's in my head. I mean, they had me convinced for a while that I was screwed up mentally. But I'm as sane as the next man. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't have nightmares about the Gulf or you know, missing out on the beer ration or anything, you know, this is all physical. I'm going to have, it's getting worse. I'm going to have nightmares yeah. on the beer rationing now, <laughs> but no, 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 you, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, on, on a serious note, you're, you're right. I mean, I, I don't have nightmares of the Gulf War. I don't, you know, none of that stuff. My nightmares are like, shit, am I going to be able to walk in the next five, 10 years? Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, exactly. That, that, you know, that, I, I, yeah, I know, and 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 I'm I'm right with you on that, Kevin, and 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 Sean, like you said, it this this just creeps up on me, my like my back problems. I just I've kind of had some issues, but now I remember, oh, it's been well over a year ago. I went to the ER, you know, and I live in small town Iowa, and I had only driven. Uh, to a small town, roughly 20 minutes from where I currently live. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we understand how small of a world we live in because it was, I had encountered two, two separate doctors who were in the Gulf War. And they say, John, I don't know how to tell you this, but your back is all fucked up. I didn't go in there for my back. I mean, I did and I didn't. It was on the outskirts, but then they showed me, they showed me the x-ray and I just, you don't really know what you're looking at other than, okay, I've seen a lot of spine pictures in my life, but that don't look right. <laughs> you're like, holy shit. You know, and now whatever is in my body is, is, is like we've discussed. It's just, well, 
and not obviously not all of us, but now my back for no apparent reason is just really starting to hurt a whole lot more than it did a couple of months ago. And I'm like, you know, like you said, Kevin, I'm worried about, am I going to be able to wake up and walk one day? And that's scary as shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like my wife's like, you know, she wants to one day take the granddaughter to Disney world. Shit. No. I mean, number one, I really don't want to go see Mickey Mouse anyway, but I sure in the hell don't want to walk that crap. My feet couldn't handle it. But You're I, lying ass. I know you want to see and Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Maybe the princesses, but, you know, you know. But, I, 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 I mean, my thing is, is, I mean, the stuff that, I mean, shit, 50 years old is not old. Nope. But I literally watched a doctor on TV saying the Gulf War veterans are aging much faster than any other service time veteran right ever on. and yep. dying faster than any yes. other, other veterans. Well, to put that in perspective from my side, our ship's crew was 336 men at full capacity. Uh, since we've returned from the Gulf, almost 50 are dead. Wow. Huh. Now, some of them are from the usual stuff. You know, I had a mate who died in a helicopter accident couple of died in car crashes, one got cancer, et cetera, et cetera. Most of them are from suicide because of mm. ongoing medical, well, ongoing medical conditions that they can't deal with and can't get help with. So they decide to take the big check out. Yeah. See, that's horrible. See that, that, that's, that pisses me off more than anything is that that's the worst thing that anybody could do to a, a, a veteran is let them take their lives for something that can be fixed. It could be fixed, or at least it could be, you know, if you have a disorder, and again, I'm not going to go through what I got, but life's quite difficult at times. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not getting any help, it makes it worse. And then to specifically for some of these poor guys to have DVA turn around and say, there's nothing wrong with you. We're not going to help you. You're never going to get a cent. It's shattering. You know, people lose their families, their houses, and they just end it. Yeah. And oh man, Sean, you nailed it right there because most people don't realize a lot of veterans that are married lose their spouses and their kids oh, yeah. over something the spouses don't understand yeah i think that's i think that's like we touched base on that a little bit you know amongst ourselves we can talk about it but we it's not that we if you weren't if you weren't there if you weren't in it if you weren't wearing the uniform not to say that our spouses don't understand they empathize right. but if you weren't there if you weren't in theater experiencing you don't know. You simply don't know. And I don't blame them for that. No, it's no fault can't. of theirs. You can't you know? explain it properly unless they were unless you were there. You just right. can't. Right. I mean, even a even a fellow serviceman who wasn't there can understand to a degree. Mm -hmm. Oh, very true. But they don't always get it. Yeah, I, I yeah, think I no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like Sean was mentioned earlier, I mean the men and women that are currently um, very likely to be put in harm's way over, over uh, 
and, and what's going on our, in um help me out with the with the country name ukraine um, yeah thank you uh in the ukraine these men and women um i don't think it's a matter if at this point i think it's a matter of when um and that's really sad but you 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 know and, and there's, I mean, we've only we're what we're on day twenty or something like that, and these men and women lost everything. You watch lives disappear before your eyes, or see these nasty things of war. You can't undo that. You see it, your experience. You can't. It's it's always there, and yeah, it's forever in it's forever in your soul, and it can't be removed. Yeah, it's one you know? thing to watch it on TV. It's another oh, thing to yeah. be there when it's happening. Right. I'm sure yep. you know. And, and, and I think that that triggers a lot of vets too with that have PTSD is they see it on TV, but it's like they're reliving it all over again. Yeah. And I just tell them, look, turn off TV, stop watching it. Don't, don't look at that kind of stuff, you, you know, and you know, I try my hardest, but working in a barber shop, you know, I was having the news on, but I try to take my focus away from what's going on over there right now. Even though it's hard, I try to take my focus away from it. Yes. Do you find that easy to do, Sean, Kevin? Can you guys can you guys pull yourselves away from what's going on there? I haven't watched free to air TV in about six years. Yeah. Wow. I, it's easy I just turned for me it now. off. It's so much bullshit and propaganda. It's just it's it's not even believable anymore. Yeah, you know I mean Amen. the whole thing in Ukraine. Whether you think Putin's a monster or you don't think he's a monster, whatever. One thing I'm sure of is that we're only getting one side of the story. So yeah, I'm not trying to defend true. Putin at all, but we're only getting one side of the story. And most of it is just bullshit. It's just flat out propaganda. I mean, do you remember the Gulf War? Before they actually kicked off, we had all these stories on TV about, you know, oh, the Iraqi soldiers came into the hospital and they tipped the babies out of their cribs and stole all the equipment and all these babies died. And, you know, everyone... And I myself and everyone around me was outraged. And then it turns out after the war, it was all bullshit. It was all just made up. Yeah, the, the media Propaganda. doesn't tell the truth. No, no, no. They're pushing an agenda, mate. And they're yeah. still pushing an agenda to this day. I mean, I yeah, don't really want no. to get into all that guff. But yeah, so I, I, I stopped listening to the mainstream media a long time ago. Well, so the reason I ask you two gentlemen about that is because my wife, you know, when I was in the Gulf, of course, she's here stateside. I was I was in Germany, but she had come stateside. She was pregnant with our first with our first child, and she was stateside. So she's watching it, trying to get information. As is, you know, and so she finds herself watching and can't pull herself away. So our our television's on the majority of the day. I mean, she she's a very she she's a busy person, but she wants that readily available to see what's changed throughout the day, and. I find it a little bit difficult. Like you said, a lot of it's just, oh, what can we, I mean, a lot of it, you watch news for an hour and it doesn't take long before they start just repeating the last grimacing thing that was shown, you know, cause it's for viewership and you're like, okay, like you said, Sean, it's a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Um, so that was the reason I asked because well, I mean, my wife wants to watch it and, and I get a different perspective because, oh, this is what you're going through when I was over there. Granted, um, I don't know of anybody personally in theater right now, but you know, now, now here's a crazy thing for you is we literally, when, whenever we declared war, 
We never knew they did. We declared war during uh, Desert Storm. The only thing I remember, I, I'm telling you, I, it was like midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. All the missile hatches started opening up. All of a sudden, huh. the independence about you know the independence starts, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, start taking off airplanes and the Rangers taking off airplanes. You're just like, what the hell? And all of a sudden, missiles, you weren't told. No, none of us were told. No, nope, not one of us. Not one person. When we were out there, it was just all of a sudden. It was like, oh shit, we must be at war. Uh, oh hell, I knew. They told us. They told us. Of course, we're you know we're on land, so maybe it's different when you're out at sea. But we were told, okay, we're going here in you know half an hour or less, and we were outside, and we just we could we could hear the airplanes. Of course, in the middle of the night, so you can't see anything, but you could see the red lights. Red lights go out. And then all of a sudden the MLRS was on the ground, start shooting off. And I was like, all oh, hell, you know, everything shit hit the fan. So we knew I'm a little, I guess I'm a little surprised you guys didn't know. Man, I, I'll tell you the one of the scariest moments we've ever had that I was in is we were coming up and it, it was about three o'clock in the morning and the USS Missouri. And, you know, that's one hell of a battleship. And they're off of our starboard side. And we're going, you know, we're traveling down then. All of a sudden, we see them signaling to us. And we're just like, oh, I wonder what the signalmen are saying. Well, shit, they were declaring war on us. And they were about to blow our ship out of the water because we had one white light down below decks on. Because when you're out there, you have no lights on. It's mm -hmm. red light or nothing. And I mean... And our signalman fell asleep. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. That was that was the first golf ball syndrome, falling asleep on watch. Dude, yeah, <laughs> that boy, let me tell you something. I remember picking up the 1MC and the captain saying, I don't care how loud you got to say it, but you tell the Missouri we're a United States Navy warship. I don't care what anybody says. After it was done with, I was like, somebody needs to clean out my underwear. Because... <laughs> I have, ah, it scared I got the funny, shit out of me. I got a funny story for you. Uh, the scaredest I've ever been in my life was that night. Um, we were on point for the Ranger. So we're a couple of miles ahead of the battle group. Uh, and we're basically there to watch out for incoming Exocet missiles and stuff, uh, i.e. like the Falklands War. Ship's worst enemy. Uh, oh. And we were warned that something might be happening tonight. But I was off watching my bunk, and all of a sudden... The action alarms go off. So Australian Navy fleet standard at the time was three minutes to close up action stations. We did it in one minute, 30 seconds, because this is completely unplanned. And the reason for it was action alarms went off. Okay, here we go again. Rolled out of the bunk, slapped me boots on because you sleep fully dressed in case the shit happens. And the next call was vampire, 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 which is the war room saying incoming missiles. No, no shit. War shots inbound, you know, pucker up. And the reason we closed up so quick was, was vampire, 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 100 plus. Oof. There's a hundred missiles inbound. No shit. Holy crap. Uh, now, luckily it turned out they were missiles fired by the United States Navy at land targets, but they were using our ship as a reference point and they forgot to tell us. Oh, hell no. God. I would have shit. Jeez. 
There were brown <laughs> stains everywhere. I'm telling you, you've never seen people run so fast. And they were, the, the wires were blue for a couple of hours after that. Now, now uh, see, I, see, what John doesn't understand is almost every day, you would always every day do some kind of general quarters, a drill every day. And yes. you would sit there in your head going, why in the hell are we doing all these stupid ass general quarters? Let me tell you, when that shit goes down, you know exactly what to do. When it's for real and you've done it for real, you'd never question it ever again. Never nope. again. We, we, we broke the fleet record for closing up their action stations. It was unbelievable. No, see, I mean, I know I, I do actually, Kevin, I do know what it's like because, you know, we did, you know, even though we're army people, we did do a lot of repetitive <laughs> stuff, you know, like putting on a protective mask, you know, on X, it just becomes second nature. You don't think you just do. Yeah. You know? Um, so no, I wasn't on a ship, so I don't know anything about it. And, you know, you, you say starboard or this, I don't know what freaking end of that or side. I don't know what the hell that means. Otherwise, <laughs> other than it's some part of the, the ship i don't know shit about it you know <laughs> the starboard is the right side the port is the left yeah. side okay so and you had to remember that it's uh, an easy aft, way to remember it aft is back and forward is forward it's a very easy way to remember port and starboard for land bobbers port okay. is red starboard is green right and you can remember it because port is an alcohol that's colored red so as long as you drink, you'll remember what port is, and then you'll automatically work out what starboard is. Oh, well, son of a gun. Okay. I never even thought about it like that. <laughs> it's all about alcohol. Man. It's all about alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why you got to talk to another country's Navy to get all the alcohol. <laughs> but but the one thing that, that I will say that I, I found interesting is it, it was a NATO mission, but how well we all work together. Like our, our ship, when we unwrapped the, the Brits, when we unwrapped Australia and stuff like that, all of our equipment worked with their equipment. I, I did find that very fascinating. Interchangeable, huh? Yeah. Yes, and done deliberately so, from our part at least. Um, like the United States Navy is much bigger than Australia's Navy. We're, we're a relatively small Navy. But we pride ourselves on being professional and um, using not always the best equipment, but using getting the best out of the equipment we've got. So we exercise with the USN all the time, even to this day. Uh, and the Brisbane I was on was an American Charles F. Adams class destroyer, modified to suit us. Oh, that's cool. And all the equipment on board was deliberately purchased and utilized to be swappable or easy of use with the American Navy. Even the Brisbane 3, the new ship that's replaced the one I was on, it now has an Aegis system and computer networks that automatically hook into a, to the American combat systems. So it's like we're part of your fleet. It's all designed so we can work better together. And uh, we do work very, very well together. Wow. Wow. That is really cool to know that. It, it, like, so, like The Brisbane at the time, I mean, this is 1991, we had SeaWiz. It's the first time any Australian ship ever had seawiz. We had two of the buggers, actually. Oh, what? Um, okay. What the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, Anti-missile system, closing weapons system, fires 3,000 rounds a minute, shoots missiles and planes out of the sky out to about 3,000 meters. Oh. So when okay. a missile's coming in, that's your last line of defense. All or right. Actually, 
Actually, the last line of defense would be me swinging off a 50 cal, but that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> my that's last got no line. hope in hell of stopping anything yet. I'm telling you right now, on my ship, the only thing we have were these three-inch guns and 50 cals. My ass was jumping overboard, trusting that the snakes <laughs> and the sharks were going to eat my ass with the gunner's mates we had. <laughs> and were there some bloody snakes over there in the what? ocean, mate? Sea snakes everywhere. Yeah, there were sea snakes Thousands everywhere. Everywhere. I always said I'd I'd go down with the ship because I don't like bloody snakes, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like enough man. of them back home. And there was a guy I I, I remember unwrapping the USS Ranger out there, and we literally watched the guy on the flight deck. I mean, John, you gotta imagine the flight deck is I I don't know how many stories up, but it's a long way. He jumps in the middle of the ship's unwrapping off the side of the ship. And he told them, our helicopter picked him up, our helo, and literally told them, the wind blew me off. Oh, the wind didn't blow your ass off. I saw you take <laughs> one foot and jump off the side. It's like, the wind blew me off? Yeah. Screw that. I, oh, my God. I was like, I, I don't care how much wind there is. Ain't no wind going to knock me off in those shark snake infested ass waters. I'm telling you right Mental now. Mental health check for that man. Yes. <laughs> how many beers did he have? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not enough. <laughs> oh my God. And, and, and so, you, you know, we're, we're getting close into the program, but I do want to talk about, I pulled into Darwin. I've been to Sydney and Perth. Darwin, I, I really like Darwin, except for your Greenpeace canoe kayaking oh, yeah. idiots there. That <laughs> are y'all nuclear? Every country has them. Yeah, and we pulled in the camp's like just run them over, and so just run we, them over. <laughs> but but, the one, but when we pulled into Perth, uh, it was it was Perth. No, it, it was Sydney. When we pulled into Sydney. The guys were trying to explain to me about how Americans are really liked by Australian women. It's and, the accent, mate. And, and, well, it's the accent. Every, that's Everyone all, likes something different. When well, we go to America, it's the exact opposite. Well, I, I can tell you right now, ain't no woman can resist a Texas accent. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, sir. I sounded good at oh. least, right? <laughs> Jesus, crying out. So, no, I, okay. I kid you not. When we pulled into this port, there was this yacht full of women and, and that were sailing next to us, topless. It was like, what the hell? About 50 Welcome of them. to Sydney. Yeah. yeah. That was about seven beers prior to or, or what? No, <laughs> no. This was us while we were pulling in. And then we had this board up that it was called Dial a Sailor. So you had your last four of your social security and then you would take your, your white hat off. And if you liked a girl or she liked you on the pier, you throw your white hat down there and they would come up and then they would take you out on date. Seriously? Yep. I'm serious. Yep. Damnest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Wow. It reminds right. me of a funny story. When I came home from the Gulf, I flew home on leave eventually. Uh, we have a similar thing with if you're with a lady, you put your your lid, as we call it, on her head, telling everyone else around that she's mine, don't touch. <laughs> I got to the airport and all the rallies were there. So all my sisters, my, my aunties, you can imagine. And they're passing my hat around, all trying my hat on. 
And there's these six army guys over in the corner looking over going, what the fucking hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I, I mean, but, but what amazed me, though, but what amazed me is how nice the people of Australia was. Uh, it's, to me, it, they were the nicest of any ports I've ever hit. And everything. And Bali was my favorite port, but Australia was awesome. And, and how everybody treated us there. And and so I thought I thought it was really cool. I was like, I had to tell that story because, man, you don't get to tell that story very often. Everybody go, uh, really? You know? Yeah, they don't believe it. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Yeah, it, it is. It's very true. Look, America and Americans, apart from the invasive American culture in Hollywood, they've always been very welcome in Australia. And that goes back a long way, all the way to World War One, when we taught your doughboys how to fight in the trenches. And then we served together in World War II and you came and saved our ass from the Japs. And every time America's called since then, we've been there, whether it's Korea, Vietnam, the Gulf, Iraq, Afghanistan. We have a very long history of fighting together and Australians respect that immensely. Right. And heck, we respect y'all for being out there with us. But yeah, I didn't, I tell you what, all when I, I didn't have a lot of interaction with uh, much uh, but I, I vaguely remember the Brits and the French and, and, and the Aussies, you know, these guys were all, um, you know, here again, I, I'm talking about the, the, the engineers. We are going by a bunch of tanks, which still, I don't <laughs> never understood that, but they all, you know, in the times that we paused, everybody got along great. And, um, you know, that's always fun because the other nations, they, they, Hey, how's everybody doing? Well, we're scared shitless, but we're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that's one thing about the the camaraderie was there. Every it seemed like everybody from different countries. We all got along, and we all had. The only thing that drove me nuts about pulling in is when the first time I pulled in, I think it was Jabali uh, uh, Ali, uh, and I had to stand watch, and they blared over the loudspeakers their the music out there. Not music, but their song or prayer. And you, oh, want, yeah. you want to talk about scary ever living shit out of you? <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about oh, oh the the prayer time when you're in port at yeah in, in port, and I mean, but they yeah. would blur it on. I mean, they had loudspeakers. I think on every street corner. I mean, you could probably well, they had loudspeakers everywhere because we heard that shit. So, I mean, everything stopped because everybody had to go pray. And, right, and, it was like. Oh yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? Or am I about to get shot, man? I'm about, I'm gonna die. Welcome to North America. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. But I did find it fascinating how well they respected Americans and stuff there. But I also liked how their buildings were. It was pretty cool, and the roundabouts everywhere you drove, they had roundabouts. It's a fascinating place, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. I've always wanted to go back and visit. Like uh, the Dubai I know is nothing like the Dubai of today. Oh, yes, yes. Don't you know? I, you know, I want to go back and I wish if I've known them what I know now, I would have went to the Gold Souk. Yes, the, yes, the Gold Souk was awesome. Oh, man, I, I would have bought so much gold there because everything was, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Speaking about camaraderie between countries, um, I always had it explained to me uh, by the chief in charge of me, actually. He called it a bar fight. It's the bar fight principle. Yeah. 
the army, the navy, the air force, put them in a bar, they'll always fight each other. It's the first thing they look for. Oh, your air force, I'm going to punch you in the head, and get drunk, and have a fight. <laughs> well, and that's it's all rivalry until someone has someone outside of that clique has a go at one of them. And then they all go shoulder to shoulder and go, "Come on." Yeah, that you know, you know that that's really true. Like say, like see, like where I, when I was in my home port of Guam, the Marines, the amphibious task force, would pull in there. Our captain would be like, "None of y'all, none of y'all are going to be going to Macombo's on base because <laughs> that's where all the Marines are going to go." And I I happen to stay in shore patrol, and you talk about the guys that beat the ever living shit out of each other. We're, we're, we're Marines. And I'm like, oh my God. And this guy's like, you're going to break it up? I'm like, I'm not getting my ass whooped. <laughs> I'm like, well, when they tire out, we'll take them away. You know? Exactly <laughs> my point. Uh, the first run ashore we had was in Oman. Uh, and you can, of course, you can only drink in a couple of places. There was a couple of hotels designated you could drink. And the American Embassy Recreation place which was just a house yeah uh so we all hit the the rec space there the american embassy rec space and all they had to drink was budweiser light yeah. but they knew we were coming so they got in 40 cases and we'd never had budweiser <laughs> before so needs to say in four hours we drank the entire embassy dry um, australians are not so good at drinking spirits but we we are champions at beer so we drank the whole place dry and then some marines came in and you could tell they're Marines because, you know, tall, fit, short haircuts, lightning bolts carved in the side of their head, that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so within 30 seconds, there was a fight. on, And me being the youngest, I was 18 at the time, I got chosen to pick the fight. So I remember there oh, was no. this large black gentleman at the bar. He must have been eight foot. It's a basketball player. Yeah. You know? So I went up and tapped him on the back of the knee. And I said, hey, Leroy. And he's like, shit. he turns around and goes, how hey, you know my name is Leroy, boy? <laughs> and once I worked out what he said, I was like, well, how the fuck can I start a fight with him now? I said, I'll buy you a drink, mate. Yeah, okay. We got on fabulously until the Brits came in. And then all of us turned around and went, fucking British. <laughs> and we had a punch up with the Brits. And that lasted until the Dutch came in. And then all three of us got together and we're, oh, Brits aren't so bad. The Yanks are okay. Let's hammer these Dutch bastards. Yeah. <laughs> And that was the philosophy of the Australian Navy with international relations. You punch the shit out of them until someone else comes along. Yeah, exactly. That's how we do it. Yeah. You know, we hit, you know, the, the Navy, Navy and Marines fight. Then Army comes in. We beat up on the Army. Then the Air Force comes in and everybody gets on the Air Force. And then, and then you all join forces <laughs> against the Coast Guard. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly it. And exactly now we got about. Space Force. Oh. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine... Being in the space force, being yeah. in the space force, walking into a bar, all of a no. sudden, like, all of a sudden, the coast guard's a lot more acceptable, eh? Oh shit, you know it. <laughs> yeah, well, my my brother was is, was in the coast guard. He probably I, I hear the space force now, and I who came up with that genius title? And it, this, and well, they say, well, you talk about the air force, they fly in the air. Yeah, well, flip. Okay, I guess if you're going to phrase it like that, but really, when you think of Space Force, you think of something like Atari game or something. <laughs> right, right. But this doesn't, it just it sounds, doesn't have any kind of zing to it. It's got no gravitas to it. Yeah, it sort of sounds ridiculous. Until it's the fucking Jetsons. You stop you know? and think, you know, go back 100 years when they first had the Air Force. Right. It probably sounded just as stupid back then. 
Well, I mean, if you really think about it, all of us are stupid because there ain't no way none of us could pass that Space Force ASVAB. That's true. <laughs> I'm just letting everybody know right now. I would, don't, say it, don't say it so loud. It's true. <laughs> it's just true. But, I mean. You would, you would have to be some kind. Of, yeah, now that you say that, Kevin. Oh, my God, yeah. Space. Okay, so, Sean, does y'all did y'all come up with something new like the Space Force yet? No, we just made it part of the Air Force. Oh, oh we're okay. lazy. Okay, that's, that's pretty. We, cool. we don't even have a Coast Guard. I mean, we do, but it's it, that's under the police. It's got nothing to do with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And our, if you want to know an interesting fact, there are more lieutenants in your Coast Guard than there are people in our Navy. Shut the what? front door. Yeah, and, <laughs> and on average. Well, going back when I was in service, at least on average, Coast Guard ships had more weaponry than ours. Damn, damn, that's, that's crazy. changed a little bit these days. But yeah, that gives you an idea of how small the Australian Navy is. Yeah, hey, but y'all are always there with us, side by side. That's what it's all about. Well, yeah. Sean, amen to that. Sean and John, oh, that rhymed like a dime. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank. You know, my co-host, John, is Sean from Australian Navy. I want to thank you so much for coming on on the program. And, you know, spread the word there. There are guys over here in the United States who are lending a voice. So if you guys need help or they want to talk, they want to be able to, you know, tell them every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Well, okay, 10 uh, uh, 10 a.m. Wednesday, your time would be 7 o'clock uh, p.m. Tuesday night, my time. Yeah, okay. That we go live on Facebook. I, I, I go live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time, Texas Time. And also, if, if they want to see about other places and other veterans... We have a YouTube channel. It's called Gold Force Side Effects. Tell them to, to get on there and start watching it. And they can learn. And maybe they can get help by listening to what we have and what we can help them with. I agree. I certainly spread the word. And uh, technical problems aside, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. It has been. Yeah, a, it's been a pleasure, Sean. It, it, Thanks it, for coming it, on. It has an absolute pleasure. And for everybody out there, uh, the Facebook page and everything will be here next week. We're going to have a group session, which I'll have to tell John about that later. We're having a group session with Sarah and a whole bunch of us and have a counselor so people can come in and talk about issues that they're, they're having and maybe we can help them out. But if anybody wants to contact us at uh, Kevin Simon at GoForSideEffects.com, you can email me. Tell me your story. If you need help, any veteran out there that needs help, do not hesitate to get a hold of us and we'll be willing to help you and do whatever we can for you. Sean and John, guys, it's been a pleasure. Likewise. Y'all have a, have great, a good one, Kev. Y'all have a great night. Y'all please go to my website at goforsideeffects.wordpress.com. Or email me at kevinsimon at goforsideeffects.com. And please help support.